Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The only solution to every one of our contentions, he says it like this has to do with agree with each other. Come on, get in harmony with each other in the Lord. So the solution of all of our relationships is if we'll be in unity with God, if we'll do what God says, all these relationships with people, all of them will be fine. You get along perfectly with everyone in your church, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, right. Human beings that live in close proximity to one another tend to grind each other's gears on occasion. It's just the way it is, it seems. The question, though, is what are you going to do about this friction? You might want to let things slide, but the Bible doesn't offer you that way out. Pastor Mark is teaching about your responsibility as a follower of Christ to be at peace with everyone to the best of your ability. You need to do this with God's help because your primary role on earth is to make God look good, not you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 with his continuing study called Stand United for the Sake of the Gospel. title of our teaching this morning is Stand United for the Sake of the Gospel. We talk about unity in the church. We're going to talk about this morning unity in your life as an individual. How does that work? And we'll spend a little time in unity in marriage. What's that supposed to look like for those of you that are married or getting ready to get married? Many of you have been married in the past. If you've been married a long time ago, You had a set of vows that had this in it. I want to see if you can finish it for me today. To have and to hold, from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till... Man, you know it. Till death do us part. I wish I could say that was still true today, but these vows have been modified significantly. It more reads like this. To love and to cherish till I find someone younger, richer, better looking, and then I'm out of this marriage. (laughs) Or it reads like this. To love and to cherish till irreconcilable differences surface and the marriage is simply over. You see, we don't respect marriage anymore in our world. Marriage is... To our world, at best, a covenant, no, not at all. That's what the Bible says it should be. A covenant is the cutting. Two people agreeing to go with it, stick with it. What is our marriage today? A contract. You don't do this, see ya. Well, 
To show you how little we think of marriage, you, you know these, well, they're Hollywood people, Kardashians. This $10 million marriage that was all over the world and everybody saw it. Here's the headlines for it. You know what happened. 72 days after this like $10 million marriage, after I do, Kim now says, I don't. The marriage lasted 72 days. Till death do us part? Well, I read the article and I thought it was interesting because we're going to address this this morning. From the newspaper article, here's what Kim says. I saw problems in the relationship. That's what we're talking about this weekend. And then this one is huge. Kim, well, Chris really wasn't what Kim was expecting. What do you expect in life? What do you expect in relationships? What do you expect in marriage? That's what we're going to address today. Now, I've asked you to turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. Let me give you a quick summary, then we'll move right to it. Paul is in jail for the gospel in Rome. He's in prison. He's actually chained. And he established a church in the town called Philippi. And he'd like to go back there. He doesn't know whether he will or not. But he writes them a letter. That's what you have in your hands. The book of Philippians is a letter to a church. And he encourages them, but he also addresses some issues. And one of the issues that he addresses is that there's two women, he's discovered, someone's told him in the church, who are very mature believers, but they're knocking heads. They can't get on the same page. And so there's a problem in their relationship. And here we see him writing, and look what he says in verse 2. I plead with Euodia, one of those mature Christians, and I plead with Syntyche, the other mature believer, to agree with each other in the Lord. Then he goes on and he says this. Yes, I ask you, and he's probably talking about a uh, maybe an elder. I ask you to help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Along with Clement and the rest of the fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. We learn that life is simply about this. Personal relationships. Everything we do is related to you and me having a relationship with God who created us. And then you and me having relationship with all kinds of people. Whether it be at work, or church, or school, or the family, or the neighborhood. Now, with this real life that we live today, we're not like a soap opera. This is real life. In this real life, there's conflict. There's contention. There's disagreements. There's hurt feelings. There's broken relationships. We've all experienced those. And many of those happen because... Well, we're not realistic about life. There is no conflict-free zone you can find in this world. We're just imperfect people who interact with God and people. And sometimes we even get mad at God. You've been there because things happen. And for sure, we get mad and get hurt feelings with people. Now, many of the expectations we have in life are unrealistic, but here's a truth that you need to understand. Here it is. God 
loves to unite. Satan loves to divide. That's not a unrealistic expectation. That's 100% true. Heaven was divided by Satan. So when you see contention and when you see division, it does not come from God. It comes from the enemy. Now, Paul is addressing, again, this contention between two mature Christians. He's not talking about immature believers. He's not talking about unbelievers. He's talking in the church. And he gave us a solution, which was simply this. The only solution to every one of our contentions, he says it like this, has to do with agree with each other. Come on, get in harmony with each other in the Lord. So the solution of all of our relationships is if we'll be in unity with God, if we'll do what God says, all these relationships with people, all of them will be fine. Now, we showed you Mr. Potato Head, and I asked you a question about Mr. Potato Head. What was the first question I asked you about Mr. Potato Head? Anybody remember? How many heads does he have? How many heads did Mr. Potato have have? How many? Come on, tell me. One, one, one. And then we told you this. Anything with two heads is a monster. Just think of your marriage this morning. Anything with no head is dead. So there has to be a head. So if I understand that right, the simple principle is this. In my relationship with God, I want you to write this down today. Here's the key to every relationship you'll ever have with God and with people. Here it is. Unity comes from submitting and obeying the head, God, the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just put a preface here quickly and we're going to move on. So, the solution in my life to unity with God and with people is to submit to that head. Now, if you're not a Christian, you can't submit to the head. You don't obey the head. And that's why there's going to be constant division because, first of all, you're out of contact with God. And then that's going to make you out of contact with people. It's not going to flow together. Now... Here's, here's a problem we have with expectation. Well, Pastor Mark, if I do what God asked me to do, and I'm just giving you this premise up front. If I do what God asked me to do in this hurt situation, and I go and apologize to that person, even though I shouldn't, was my fault, was their fault, I do that. I know that they're going to say, it's okay, I'm glad you came because I want to ask you, and everything's going to be perfect. No, that's unrealistic. See, all I can do is what God asked me to do. Sometimes when I go to try to mend a broken relationship, even though it wasn't, quote, my fault, or maybe it was, that other person won't respond. I can't do anything about that. I did my part. I have to walk away. That's realistic. Now, why do I have a problem submitting to God? Why are some of you here that you're not believers yet? Well, that's because you refuse to submit to the head. So let me show you and ask you to turn to Galatians, if you will, in your Bible. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Just a couple books away. A couple books away. General Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. There you go. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Now here's the problem. And you'll relate to this. You and I will understand this very well. Look at it. Verse 16. Paul says this. So I say, live by the Spirit... 
And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. So already as I read this, you see two opposing forces. The spirit and my old sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so you do not do what you want. Now here's a common picture that will help you understand what I'm talking about. This is a believer. This is a picture of you as a Christian and me. We have two opposing forces speaking into our life. You see, when I got saved, I'm body, soul, and spirit. The part that lasts when I die is my spirit. My spirit goes to heaven or hell. But when I got saved, my spirit was 100% new, forgiven. All my sins forgotten. But I was left with my old sinful nature. And it's the old me inside. And sin is simply S-I-N. I is me. I want to do life my way. That's why some of you have never become a believer. That's why you rebel against authority and people and parents and work and all. Because you want to be the boss. You know the song. I did it my way. That, that's who you are. Now, we don't laugh too much at that because that's who we all were. We just want to do it our way. I don't need a head. I'm the head. Well, you're not the head. And our problems come from these two influences. So Paul says, I want to listen to God. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And while I'm listening to God, I want to do what God says to do. But there's another part of me, Paul says, and it's the enemy. See, God wants to unite. He wants to take the solution, whatever it is in the life, and bring it under God. Well, Satan wants to bring division. And that happens in you and me all day long. The battle is going on. Every day of our life, in all kinds of situations, it's not just about marriage, it's about every situation. And that battle can be won. And notice, as you look at that, there's a principle that I want you to see. Galatians 5, 25. Here's the solution to that battle. Let me just say this. Well, Pastor Mark, I expected when I became a believer, I wouldn't have any more trouble. In my life. (laughs) If you expected that, you were in trouble. In fact, I have new believers call me and email me. Pastor Mark, I got saved last weekend. And this weekend has been hell. How come? Well, that's because Satan is angry. You see, it doesn't mean you're going to be defeated. It just means that that battle, he used the only person you used to listen to was Satan. But now there's a God in you, and Satan hates it. So is there a solution to this battle? By the way, let me give you good news. How long do you think this battle between listening to the Spirit and listening to my old sin nature, how long do you think that will last? Until you get to heaven. And when you get to heaven, there's no more sin nature. Could I hear an amen somewhere around here? Until then, what? I'm going to battle. So look at this verse. Paul says this. Since we're living by the power of the Spirit, we're submitting to God, we're submitting to His Word, we're doing what He asks us to do. Since we're living by the Spirit, let's just follow the Spirit's leading in 
every part of our life. That's the way we live a spirit-filled life. You see, these two ladies were not listening to the spirit. They were listening to their old sinful nature, even though they were very mature because of this. They got hurt. Their feelings got hurt. They mistrusted the other person. They'd worked together. You've been there. Maybe one of them felt they were stabbed in the back by this person. So the spirit saying to them, come on, take the first move, go over there, saying to both of them, and neither one will listen to the spirit. They're listening to their old sinful nature. But Paul says, if you listen to the spirit and obey him, if you'll submit to the head, you can reconcile this, at least from your part. They refuse to do that. Now, As you and I understand what it means to submit to the Spirit, how good is that for me? It was interesting. The other day I was watching Dr. Oz and he had another physician on there that I've seen many, many times. And he was talking about forgiveness outside the context of God. God had nothing to do with it. He's just talking about forgiveness. And his comment was this. There's so many people I see in my practice that are bitter and angry and, and they've never forgiven people. And because of that, it affects them emotionally and physically. Of course, he really didn't say spiritually. But I just want to say this. The keys that I'm giving you today, if you're not in relationship with God, and there's a broken relationship with people, and you haven't taken your part to finish it, it will affect you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so that's why God says, no, 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 no. Do you think these two ladies enjoyed getting up every day? No, it was miserable. Their energy was gone. Their zeal was gone. And God knew it. And so Paul says it's going to require an act of your will. Notice what he said in that verse. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit. So I have to do something about it. Now, let's go back to verse 3. Philippians 4, verse 3, right where you were. Just a couple of books back. Here's what happened. In the church, there were pastors and elders back there. Paul knew them. And so I want you to look at me and I'm going to explain the principle. Paul's going to say in verse 3, he's going to say to the elder in the church, uh, you're going to have to get these two ladies together. He's going to ask for a third party. He's going to ask for a negotiator. Now, sometimes if you're talking with a friend and they say, Well, you know, we had to go to a counselor. And you go, oh, really? And then you walk away and you say to your friend or husband, I had to go to a counselor. They were really in bad shape, man. They had to go to a counselor. No. You will discover in your life, there will be times because of my stubbornness that I need a third party to step in. Paul knew these women, as mature as they were in the Lord, They couldn't get over the hurt. So he says to this man, he says, come on in. Let's read it. Look at verse 3. Yes, can I ask you, I'll just use the word elder. Elder Joe, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. You see, sometimes we simply need a third party to come in. And what happens when they come in? This third party comes in and he sits down and negotiates between these two hurting Christians. 
And this person, man or woman, has a whole different, fresh perspective. This third party isn't involved with, no, they're just walking and go, after that, you're arguing about that? Are you crazy? And after we were like, man, we've been stupid. Have you ever felt stupid after, you know, what in the world did I allow that to happen for? Well, that's really what a third party does. They just come in and go, look, I have a fresh set of eyes. Here's how we're going to solve this problem. So you need to understand that uh, having a third party is not a bad thing. Now, we have a principle of counseling here, so you'll understand that. Because some people come here and go, Pastor Mark, I'd like to go counseling. Okay, we do. And normally our counseling is three times. Unless it's adultery, drugs, alcohol, things like that, we have to do a little more extensive. Three times. Well, why three times? Because most of the counseling you will receive in your life is being done right now. Do you understand what I just said to you? The most powerful counseling comes from listening to the principles of the Word of God. So one of the times we say to people, they'll come in and, Pastor Mark, I want to be counseled every week by you. I said, praise God. See you this weekend. <laughs> is that true? Yes, it is. Now, I want, to, I want to ask you to something. Get your finger ready. Just, I want you to point to the person that's the biggest problem to you. <laughs> and if you point to your wife, you're dead before the service is over. Am I right? This is the biggest problem right here. It's not my wife. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. So where is the counseling really going to be needed? In you. I like to do this. No, and that's what the counselor will do. He'll look with fresh eyes and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Quit this. Mm." Now, what do you think this elder would have used his counseling material. I believe he probably would have used scriptures that Paul spoke about. And I want you to turn back where you were in Ephesians. And I want to give you a scripture that Paul wrote that I think he could have used. It's powerful. And as he goes there, I need to remind you, when we counsel people here, men, women, couples, Andrina and all of her gals and all of these things that happen with the counseling, in case you want to know, this is our counseling manual. It's the word of God. It covers every single thing that you could ever imagine. Now, here's what Paul wrote. And I believe this counselor probably addressed this. Notice what it says in verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Who is this written to? Christians. Huh? Huh? Anger, slander, malice, believers? Yeah, the the books in the Bible, the New Testament letters are written to the church, to believers. So Paul, first of all, says you got to get rid of all this stuff. Today, Pastor Mark addressed the need for unity in our closest relationship, that of husband and wife. He talked about how easy it is to hide problems in this area from other people. You learned that problems here will impact other areas, including church relationships. He taught about the proper roles of men and women in marriage, as well as your need for God's help to make this area right. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Stand United for the Sake of the Gospel, in regards to the marriage relationship. He will keep reminding you about Satan's goal, which is to steal, kill, and destroy all of the relationships God wants to strengthen. Your job is to work on God's side to help him look good to the world, who needs him but doesn't even realize it. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.